Hello, it's Joanna Lumley here. And before we start this podcast, I wanted to take a moment to tell you about the Actors Benevolent Fund, which is here to support actors and stage managers in times of illness, injury, old age, and financial hardship. This industry can be wonderful, but it can also be challenging. And the ABF is here to help by offering grants in times of need and by providing a sense of community. If you're in the position to help support others in our industry, or if you need support yourself, you can find details of how to contact the ABF, as well as ways of keeping up to date with developments via social media, in the show notes of this episode. Meanwhile, why not become a member, which you can do through the ABF website. Thank you so much. Hello and welcome to the ABF podcast, where each week we invite special guests to talk to us about challenges they faced in the theatre and TV industry, from dealing with performance anxiety to rejection to coping with ageing and questions around our identity. Sat alongside them each week, we have coaches and therapists to help unpack the subject and offer practical advice. My name is Hannah Whittingham and I will be your host. As a bit of a bonus episode, we wanted to focus in on therapy itself and offer a bit of advice on how to find a therapist, what to expect, and importantly, how to have the conversation if and when you want to leave. For this, I'm joined by Mary Birch. Mary is predominantly a person-centered therapist and a supervisor of other therapists. She's also head of counseling for Industry Minds, an award-winning industry-leading mental health charity for the creative arts. So um, I thought it would be really useful to end this series just by having a little episode that's just dedicated to therapy for people who are thinking about uh, dipping a toe in and committing to therapy in any way. Um, And I wanted to speak to somebody very knowledgeable about this, as you are, uh, to start off, I suppose, with just asking where do people start if they're thinking of, of engaging in therapy? What's the first step? toward doing that? I think, I, I mean, that's a great question, isn't it, Hannah? How do, how do you find the, the therapist that, that's right for you? And and lots of ways of, of doing it. Um, there is that, obviously, that formal route. You look at the therapist directory. You look at, you know, the one of the professional associations, be that BACP, NCPS, UKCP, wh- wh- whatever. Um and they all have lists of of qualified therapists and their credentials are there. The fact mm. that they belong to a professional association in, initially. Um, so that can bring a bit of comfort to people. They know they're, they're getting someone experienced. I was going to say, so but, is everyone on one of those lists? Have, not have had everyone. their credentials right. Oh, right. Everyone on the list will have had their credentials checked. Yes, but yes. It's, but not everyone has to be on one of those lists. Sure. Not everyone yeah. joins um, a professional association. Um, and so it's a, pers- it's a personal preference, and that doesn't mm. mean they're not good therapists. Sure. Um, because they choose not to be, you know, a, a member of a professional association. But it brings that level of comfort for, for yes. some clients. Um, and I think therefore it comes down to the relationship. That's yeah. what that's what makes it work. Whether you can trust your your therapist, whether you can 
you know, um, have that rapport with them that you're able to open up um, and know that you won't be judged, know mm. that they will absolutely um, see through your eyes what, what's happening. So, and funny enough, just, just this week, I've been having chats with, with, with some clients. I get most of my clients through recommendation. Sure. Um, and I think that's, that is a good way to do it, that if you know someone who's in therapy and you go, well, you know, who, who do you see, Hannah? Do you know, would you recommend mm. them? Um, and that way, there's already a trust. You know, if you're, if Hannah, if you were saying, oh, my therapist is such and such, you go, well, I trust Hannah. So, mm. you know, if she likes this person, there's a good chance I might as, as well. So that, you know, asking around, asking your friends or whatever, you go, would you recommend someone? Is there ever um, uh, any sort of conflict when, for instance, if you are very good friends with somebody who has a therapist they really like, is it ever an issue, do you think, that a therapist would have two very good friends who potentially may be talking about each other in their sessions? There's nothing ethically wrong with that, Hannah. And again, that will be a personal choice for, for, the, for the therapist. I find myself working um, with 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 clients um and then someone else will come you know a new client will come along and some weeks later or months down the line I go and of course you work with my housemate you know uh, or even you've worked with my partner but it, it's not because there, there's not that connection there that um and although they might be talking about each other as that you know there's there's an issue that therapists can compartmentalize Therapists mm. can just, it's that blank canvas, yes, that when, when, you, when you meet someone. If it's very close, a husband and wife or whatever, and they're talking about the same problem, you know, perhaps marital problems, you can see then there's a potential conflict because you're hearing one thing. And no matter how good you are at compartmentalizing, that might be quite difficult to put aside, yes. Um mm. But friends, housemates, whatever, they're bringing their own issues. There might be little bits of, you know, if the issue is this is what my housemate does and that's mm. what they're bringing, yeah, I, I would rethink that and go maybe refer you on to someone else so that yeah. you don't get caught up in that. But generally yeah. they're bringing different issues. There is that as well in picking a therapist. It's about their experience more than anything. So if, you know, someone who's perhaps coming with trauma, it's not every therapist who can, who can work with trauma. So the, the therapist's experience is, is important mm. as well. And I think in that first meeting, um, when people, when the therapist and the client are maybe getting to know each other, um, it is asking those questions. Do you know, well, what's your experience, you know, how many hours have you worked over, over, you know, over your over your time as a therapist? Um, and do you specialize in anything? Do you have experience with anxiety? Do you have experience with eating disorders? Um, and che and checking that out because it's about that right fit, isn't it? Finding someone that will meet your meet your needs. So, um, and a good therapist won't be offended. Yeah, I was I was actually just going to pick up on that. And you I mean, you've said most of them already, but just in case there are any more, any more, any more. Um, 
what would you suggest, you know, if somebody had their first meeting with a prospective therapist, are there sort of a certain number of questions that you would go armed with to sort of suss out whether this might be somebody who is uh, a good match for you? Well, yes. I mean, if, if you think of you're putting a kitchen in, into your house, Hannah, you know, you would want to know the, the joiner's experience, you know, how many kitchens have they fitted? You know, what, what's your feedback as, as such your rating? You would want to know, um, you know, how, how good they are because you're going to spend a lot of money putting in a kitchen. Um, and it's the same, you know, with a therapist. You're going to open up. You're going to be very vulnerable with a with the therapist. You're going to perhaps share things that you've never shared with, with someone else. So you would want to know that they're going to be able to hold that safely for you, that they're going to um, understand as such. They're, they're, they're going to be able to see it through your eyes, have that empathy and not bring their own judgment into mm. it. Um, so really any question, anything that's there that might be, well, how long have you been doing this? You know, what's your background? What's your training? What kind yeah. of clients have you worked with? Do you have um, experience in this? This is what, you know, I'm, I'm struggling with depression. Have you worked with depression in the past? Um, nothing is, is, you know, off the list. Whatever brings yeah. comfort to that client so they can start to make a judgment and going, can I work with you? Mm. Um, and that, that's the bottom line. And no one, no, no therapist or no good therapist would ever be offended by those questions. Indeed. That's great. So, yeah. Um, yeah. And I guess the other question is just the different types of therapists that are available out there. I think it can be quite baffling to someone to look through, you know, BAPAM's pages and see all these different yeah. categories and types. Uh, how, how much do you think people need to know about that and how to decide which type of therapy is, is going to be the one for them? And sometimes they don't. They, sometimes they mm. may have an idea where they just go, I just want to talk. I just want someone yes. to listen to me. And obviously the the, the talking therapies that are there, the per person-centered, even CBT. Um, but a therapist as well, in that first introduction, a therapist will give a little background of right. the, the type of therapy that, that they can offer. Um, I have clients, in fact, maybe they, you know, they already come on, they go, actually, I want to do some CBT, Mary, and I like homework, and I like to be challenged. Um, so the therapist thinks, do I have that in my skill set to be able to offer to the client? But otherwise, the client, um, you, you don't want to sort of really make things too complicated go let me explain psychodynamic therapy mm. to you lie on my yeah. sofa yeah lie on this couch <laughs> and we'll talk about it um you know let's talk about your father um <laughs> sort of saying psychodynamic gestalt you know transactional analysis will probably mean nothing to to anyone sure. but you get an idea of what the client wants Yes, and and that might be I want to be challenged. I really want to look at what's happened in my past that's impacting in in my present. So, mm. and then you go right. We are talking psychodynamic there, um, CBT. If they want lots of lots of homework and exercises, um, 
that. So a brief outline, Hannah. I know I'm I'm blethering, but a little brief <laughs> outline to go. Um, this is what I can offer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And does that seem to fit? And if the client, after you know a couple of sessions, going, that's not really that's not for me. Um, then you go fantastic. You find the mm. person who can deliver what you want, and yeah. that that's what will make the change. Yeah. yeah. That's great. And I mean, the only other thing I was thinking just in terms of demystifying things slightly for people is what the difference is between a counsellor and a therapist, which is, you know, they come up as completely separate things often yeah. on lists. They, they do. And, and and again, another great question. Um, and you would probably go about six different answers to that. <laughs> what I remember, um, most people say there's not really much of a difference. Sure. I call myself a counsellor um, and and I am, if you're looking at I'm a psychotherapist. But um, the training I did at Strathclyde was counsellor training. And I go, it's a simple term that people understand. Mm. Um, what does a psychotherapist mean? Or what, you know, what does that mean? D- does that make sense? So I stick with counsellor. Yeah. I suppose the difference is... Um, in, in my view that counseling tends to be almost short term um, right. and you're looking at the here and now you're, you're yeah. looking at the present so someone may come and say you know I've, I've lost my job um I'm just worried about finances the impact on family there's a kind of one issue that we concentrate on in the here and now how to help them through that. Um, psychotherapy tends to be a little bit longer and that might be someone who comes with trauma and go and these are things that happened to me in my childhood and they're impacting in you know in in my here and now so we're looking deeper we're Mm. looking into the past rather than just the the here and now and and does tend to take a wee bit longer some yeah. counselling sessions, I've had clients who have been there for maybe um, one, maybe two sessions, and they're gone. Right. Yeah. Um, because we we resolve whatever that that issue is for them. Mm. Um, psychotherapy. We are working on on childhood issues, or we're working on trauma. We're we're yeah. working on the impact of past experiences, um, and then how that's how that is affecting someone. Um, mm. in, in the present day. But I also think it's really useful for people to know that quite often people who are trained as psychotherapists or in other sort of similar sort of titles will often refer to themselves as a counsellor because you're right, I think therapist still comes with a, a little bit of scary factor for some people, whereas counsellor seems much more approachable somehow. On which note, um, what should people expect from therapy? I think, you know, there is, it's getting better. I think the general awareness of what therapy is and what happens in the room is more widely known now. But I think there is still a bit of a fear over therapy and there is still a bit of a question mark over what happens in that scary room. Um, So maybe it might be useful for people just to have an idea of of how it might might be. And I suppose what, what happens is in the room is very much what the client wants to happen in the room. To a certain extent, um, very person-centred, the client brings what they, they want to bring, what they want to talk about, and, and that's the route we, we, we follow. It's 
funny enough, just just this week, um, two new clients I had, um, one of them was absolutely shaking with fear coming Gosh. coming into therapy. Um, and the other had, had said to me that he was scared to come to therapy because he was terrified of what might be in there that he was unaware of almost and and allowing that and allowing that out mm. um and both you know sort of um reassuring both that it goes at the client's pace the client brings whatever they want to work on um and it goes at the pace that they're comfortable with you know so someone who who walks into a room who may again I know I'm sticking with trauma but it might go I have a past trauma um you know, I would never go right. Tell me about that trauma. Let's get yeah. in there. But yeah. it's allowing them to build that trust, to allow themselves to be able to have a place, and not even talk about the trauma, Hannah, sure. but maybe talk about the emotions that 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 come for that trauma. Some mm. do want to to talk about it, but whatever is right for the client, that's what will happen in the therapy room. Um, again, it depends on the modality of of the therapist. So some will will just want to go. I just want a space where I where I can talk. Um, others will want a little bit more direction. Yes. They want and they want, as I say, they want to be challenged. Um, and it's that finding what does the client want. So, bottom line, whatever whatever the client wants to happen in that in that room, that's not to say a, a therapist may at some point start to challenge a little, so that you know the therapist may see I can maybe see where we're going here, but we're not quite reaching it. Yeah. But it will be very gentle, um, and it will not be intrusive. So it's such a safe environment, absolutely. Um, and there's no judgment. What can they expect? Someone who will just listen, who will not have no judgment, who will be able to see that experience through the through the eyes of the client, and help them find whatever change they want to change yes. in their own time. Yeah, yeah. Is that your dog in the background? <laughs> Would you believe that, Hannah? Um, and that um, I don't know how to quiet and her um i'm just going to go and shout at yeah, her okay. <laughs> would you believe it i know dog's in the kitchen fingers crossed yes Lovely. but he can't hear anything apart from the dog out the bar out the back hopefully doesn't sure. start, start barking <laughs> for the chorus of them it's this time of oh, night yeah i know i know whilst we're talking about uh you know what happens in the room the next question i guess is is your thoughts on in the room versus on Zoom uh, and how people, because I'm, I'm aware from having spoken to a few people that even though obviously we, we can go back in person now, quite a lot of people actually are preferring to stay on Zoom and to keep it as, a, as an online relationship. What's your experience been? Perhaps what have you seen from the people who see you in terms of people's preferences? Um, and, and do you favor one or the other over the other? Or do you think they both have their own benefits? Um, yeah, but I, I think they both have their own benefit. And again, it's about the client mm -hmm. as as well. Pre-lockdown, um, I was only face-to-face. -face. 
Um, and I know when when Scarlett from Industry Minds had said, "What about going online using Zoom?" I go, "Never work. No, that's that's mm. awful." Um, and then tried it, and and you could see the benefit for the, the clients. A, they're not traveling long distances. They can do this in their lunch break. Um, yeah. It just gives so much more flexibility. Um, and I'm a big fan of online now of of using of using Zoom. I think they both can bring something, and some yeah. clients who prefer that face to face. Absolutely. Um, there's a bit of me. I can see the whole body. I can see all the body language. Yes. Um, it's maybe harder work. You're listening. You know, you've got the voice and the head and so on on Zoom, but they they both they both work. Um, and and recent studies have been several studies, Hannah. That's going. You know, the the benefits of online and and face to face, and the, the results of all of those studies are saying they're, they're they're equally good. Wow! There is nothing lost from delivering on online sessions, which which is interesting. Yeah. I, having experienced both myself as a as a as a therapy, right. um, I yeah. I've found I agree with both in that there is there is a certain richness that isn't there when you're on Zoom, but. Mm-hmm. I think there are things I've talked about more easily as a result of not being in the room <laughs> as well. Because right. that, yeah, I think there is a certain, um, a little bit of the heat sometimes is taken out of it when you're in your own space. I've usually got one of my dogs on my lap. There's something that is, that means that I'm sometimes a little bit more willing to, to talk about things that perhaps would be more difficult to do in the room. And that's interesting. When, when I did my training, and I know it was a it was a long time ago, and one of the things that, that came across was we didn't do therapy in someone else's home because mm. that was their safe space. Ooh. And we didn't want to, yeah, and we didn't want to invade that safe space. Right. Um, and then we had lockdown. And wow, how all of that has changed. And maybe discovering that actually that is where they feel safe sometimes for having therapy Mm -hmm. because you can have that the dog on your lap. You've Mm. got your familiar things around you. um, And that safety actually allows you to to open up, to be be vulnerable. So quite quite a change. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think it is useful... For people to to change therapists every now and again, do you think it's most useful for someone to really stick with someone? Is there an ideal amount yeah. of time after which you maybe look for someone else? And and again, it comes to... down to personal personal choice. But yeah. I think you know that the therapist as well as the client can maybe find themselves getting stuck, um, yeah, and that things aren't moving forward, and yet there's still something there. Um, and I would hope a therapist would be able to say, do you know, Hannah, have you thought about EMDR? Have you thought about something else or trying just something different? Um, because that helps. That That's about the, about the client. And for the client not to be afraid and go, I think we've come as far as we can in our journey, Mary, and I'd like to try some, mm-hmm. something else. Um, do you know, um, I'm a supervisor. As, as well and and I also use um supervision um 
Should we I'm slightly unpack what that is as well, just for people oh, who might not know? Well, yeah, and, and probably a great question to, to ask a therapist as, mm. as well at, at the start, that all therapists should go to another therapist who's trained as a supervisor, trained in, yes. in supervision, to unpack anything that they might be carrying, but also to go, you know, you know, I, I'm stuck with Hannah, that we just don't seem to be moving forward. And mm. there's that insight, someone else has a different way of looking at it, and go, well, have you thought about this, Mary, and so mm. on, or even looking, very much looking at, at, at ethics, you know, a supervisor yeah. will be just checking that um, the, the therapist is being ethical. So yeah. supervision is is really important and and a great question to mm. to ask how often how often do you go to sup, to supervision um yeah. as well and take issues and just before we move on to sort of the final thing about how to how to have the conversation about potentially stopping therapy if you want to um what are your thoughts on the frequency of how often you have therapy you know whether you think there is a, an optimum whether it's once a week twice a week whether it's biweekly which is one of the most annoying words in the world because it has two meanings. But you know, whether you mean <laughs> yes, twice a week or whether you mean every a word that's yeah. made for specificity and is not at all specific. It's very annoying. Um, but yeah, you know, some people have it every two weeks, some people have it weekly, sometimes mm. people just do a check-in every now and again. What are your thoughts around that? And all of the above work um for for, for the client. Um weekly or what once a fortnight is absolutely great because you've got that continuity. To know that that relationship is building someone who dips in every three months it's almost like starting that relationship again you've mm. maybe got a wee bit of work before you can start to go and um, get into any relational depth as as such yeah. so as frequent as 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 the client is able to do weekly fortnightly in in my view is ideal Mm-hmm. Some clients, um, and I do have some clients, depending on what's going on with them, who will say, can we do this twice a week? I don't know what my resistance is to that. I'll maybe take that to supervision, Hannah. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes, you know, with that, you go, does that feel too much? Mm-hmm. Do you know, does that allow time for the client to process what we're talking about? If they're there on Monday and they're back on Thursday, um, mm. And maybe that just go back to, to to my training where it's that we both need processing time, the therapist and, and the client. So, you know, and maybe weekly allows that. But that's not to say I haven't offered, you know, twice a week to, to clients um, yeah. based on their need. They're maybe going through a breakup um, and, and feeling quite distressed with little support around and mm. therefore that the therapist is that support is mm. that sounding board even if it's you know even if it's listening to someone's anger yeah which you know which has happened just someone yeah ranting and you go and that's okay mm. that's what that's what they need and if they need to do that more often then allowing that allowing that to be um, but being careful that the client isn't rushing themselves. I think that's maybe where my reluctance comes from at times and going, are they trying to fast track this process and not giving themselves enough time? Um, and I generally would throw it back and go, 
if that's what you need, you know, have a wee think about it. If that's what you need, I'll absolutely fall in with you. Um, mm. But just have a wee think, what's driving that? What yeah. is that about um, having therapy t- twice a week? Mm. Um, but it also works. I have clients, I had a client this morning. Um, I hadn't seen her since, gosh, the start of the year. Um, and it's wonderful. And she's going, just want to check in, Mary. Just want mm. to see where I am and just throw a few things out there. And that's so healthy. Yeah. That that's almost that maintenance of our well being, isn't yeah. it? And just yeah. going, This is where I am. So just yeah, you know, yeah. can you spot anything in there, Mary? I should be paying attention <laughs> yeah. to. Um, yeah. And and that is a, that's a wonderful approach as well. And then I guess to sort of um wrap up, what happens? I think a lot of people are a bit scared that they'll almost get stuck in therapy because they don't know how to leave (laughs) yeah what are Um, your thoughts around that there are two sides to that Hannah Mm. there there, um I do find there there sometimes there are clients who don't want to leave yes who are are reluctant to leave because because and maybe it goes back to the beginning because it is so supportive because they're in an environment where they can just be themselves with absolutely no judgment and who would want to give that up Mm. that 45 minutes 50 minutes one hour whatever the length of the session is and to be in in such a trusting environment um and yet you know therapists are probably the only profession who set out to make themselves redundant and there's a success when you become redundant with 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 a client so is giving the client the tools and the techniques that they can go forward and being able to help them take those the the, the wheels off the bike those sort of what are they stabilizers whatever yeah, off yeah. the bike yeah let's um, not take all the wheels off the bike <laughs> no <laughs> no that wouldn't be good <laughs> good point hannah um, I, I clearly need to go back to some training yes um but there is that so sometimes with those clients and you can see the shock on their face when you sort of go what work have we got left to do now hannah do you think mm. and they go is this are we finishing here mary mm. and sometimes it is well let's try go fortnightly let's try go three weekly and see how that is and the clients eventually go hey really don't need these stabilizers mm. on the bike at all i'm good for others then it's those that um a being able for the for the therapist as well and um, being able to say where do you think we are now hannah do you want to be able to notice what's left what work is left do you think for for us to do and you're encouraging the client to recognize they've done all the work that yeah. they, they, they need to do. Um, and also for for the client, as we said earlier, do you know that do they feel stuck? Do they feel mm. that they're, they're going to where they, they want to be or there's just something about the relationship that, that's not working? Um, and hopefully to be able to be honest and just go, um, I'm thinking a change might be beneficial yeah. for me. Um and a good therapist will absolutely welcome that, mm. Hannah. Hopefully a therapist will see that first yes. before the client has has to. Or funny mm. both at the same time, again, I think a few weeks ago, 
Um, and I'd said to a client, um, more or less along those lines, where do you think we are? Do you know, do you think we've, we've, we're coming to an end? Um, and he goes to me, Mary, I was just thinking exactly the same thing. Aww. And, you know, and you go, that is wonderful. We're both, you know, yeah. we're, we're, we're both, you know, in, in the same, in the same place. Um, and that's a lovely ending. That was mm. a lovely ending. But that the relationship should be, the relationship should be that um, the client can say what they want to see. Yeah. yeah. And you go, I'm not getting enough out of this or this is what I would like in, mm. in therapy. Um, and together we, we, we sort of, we make that happen or say, or be honest enough to say, I'm not sure I can deliver that, Hannah. Yeah. I wonder if, you know, that you, you, you find someone else I might be able to recommend or you you have a you have a look right mm. back to your first question. Yeah. You start to look look through and go, where can you find someone to meet those needs? Yeah. Um, because it's so important. You know, clients who who come back, who who send feedback in, um, I've never had anyone come and say to me in, in all of those years, well, that was rubbish, Mary. That did <laughs> nothing for me. Um, the clients have come back from that's this has saved my life, mm. you know, to this has really been eye-opening. This has helped me make the changes that I've wanted to do for a long time. Yeah. Um, and if we value ourselves, you know, if there's anything there, it is so worth looking yeah. at having therapy. Nothing to be afraid of and so much to gain for, for sure, Hannah. Mm. That's amazing. Mary Birch, thank you so much for joining us and for filling us in on thank all you. of that. That's really, really useful. Thank you, thank Hannah. You. Um, and the dog. Yeah, the dog comes extra. Yes. <laughs> That's it. Just throws in an odd wee bark. <laughs> thank you for listening to the ABF podcast. If you've been affected by any of the issues raised in this episode, you can find helpful links in the show notes. If you would like to become a member of the ABF, support us or require support, you can find everything you need on our website, details of which are also in the show notes. Until next time, goodbye.